Good morning. Welcome to this month's edition of Under the Elk. Uh, this is our monthly podcast where we discuss all things uh, going on at the Elks Performing Elks Performing Arts Center and Theater. And today we have two very special guests. Uh, one, Patty Ortiz, who is the TIS Marketing and Art Educational Manager at the TIS Annex and Art Education Building. And that's over on... 235 uh, North Marina. 235 North Marina Street, the big funky colored place uh, on the east side of the street. And sitting next to me on my left is Darlene Wilson. She is the uh, local co-author of Hunted Prescott and also... You are the manager of a owner and tour guide. Owner and tour guide of a hunting experience tours, and we'll talk about all of those today. Uh, but first of all, I'd like uh, just Patty, if you take a minute, just to reintroduce yourself. Patty was here last month, and we were talking about uh, the Tiz Annex and what it does, and all of that, and also the big swoop. And maybe just give right. us a recap well, on that. We talked about the art center too, because we actually have two buildings, and where I'm officed is the annex building. Um, but today we're going to be talking more about the main building, which is the one where uh, Darlene and I have, uh, or Darlene did some uh, haunted investigations, because it's one of the buildings, well, it's the only building, or one of two buildings that survived the fire in 1900. And uh, yeah, it's from 18. 93 or 95, there's kind of a question. There. Yeah, 93 is what I've been finding. Yeah, your research, Darlene's helped me out with that one. Okay. Um, I won't quibble over the two years, 100 yeah. and 20 years. I don't years know why that happened. Maybe, maybe it has something to do with the spirits. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's also Arizona's first skyscraper. Exactly. And Arizona's oldest skyscraper. Yeah, that, that was news to me. Yeah, Dar- Darlene told me that building and Yeah, and I tell them. people that on my tour and they crack up laughing because yeah. you know, it's three stories. <laughs> the, the only other building that survived on the square was the building where the Chamber of Commerce is right now. Um, and at that time, it was the jail. So it was, good, See, it was yeah. a well-built. It was a well-built. Yeah, yeah. 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 you did a good yeah. job. <laughs> but there were a lot of sad people around town that day. So. And the courthouse. <laughs> Brick Courthouse. Survived. Yeah, the original courthouse survived. Yeah. Um, Wasn't there another fire, though, that took that one out? No. No. No, it just got knocked down It just down got rebuilt. replaced. Rebuilt. It was starting yeah, right, right, to right, right, right. fall apart, and they knew they needed something bigger, so they right. tore it down. Okay. Cool. Yeah. And Darlene, why don't you introduce yourself to the uh, listening public and watching public and tell them a little bit about yourself? And so how I, did you get into this Yeah, stuff? really. <laughs> I've been doing the haunted and historical tours for almost 11 years now. And when I started doing them, I really kind of thought it was a fad and we'll just see how far it goes and 11 years later, still doing them. And um, I worked at the Hotel Vendome, which is one of the haunted places and had things happen. And so it just um, felt right to start doing the tours and introducing people to the ghost here in Prescott. Wow, wow, that's neat. Uh, just as a, a matter of public knowledge, we uh, did have a number of really great images, but due to ghostly interference in email, <laughs> we're not able to show those to you, but there were some fantastic wild shots of stuff going on around town. Um, maybe we'll get them posted up if we can later on. Yeah. Send, put them on the, way, on the uh, Facebook pages and yeah, we'll try to help you with that. So. Yeah, yeah, that'll be cool. Um, so, um, let's talk a little bit about how you got involved in this. Um, in for ghost? 11 In the ghost <laughs> thing. Yeah, that's not the usual occupation for most people. Uh, <laughs> well, I did a lot of, I guess, what you would call psychic work for over 40 years. And um, when I lived in Colorado, I worked with the police. Okay. on finding some missing children and a murderer and started developing migraines and was told it was time to stop doing that, which <laughs> I was happy to stop doing. Yeah. And, um, and I've, you know, I've worked in the biggest industries and with the last job, I, when I got laid off, I thought, I don't want to do the same old stuff. And I knew about the Hacienda and I knew about the Vendome. So I met with the managers at the time 
could I bring people into the lobby and show them around? And they were very open to it. The Palace Saloon is where we end the tours. And they've just, I've been amazed at how supportive, you know, the town has been and the businesses to, uh, to let a group of people in looking for ghosts. Wow, wow that's neat. <laughs> mm-hmm. So when, when you came to town and said, hmm, I think I want to investigate ghosts. Yeah. Uh, and that was after you got the tattoo. Yeah. <laughs> no tattoo yet, but. Uh, so it, you, you went around to the different businesses, and, and were they aware that these things had gone on? Yes. Now, I knew about the Vendome and the Hacienda because there were articles on the website. Um, but uh, the more I got into it and the more the town realized I was here, then more stories would come to me. Uh-huh. And then they would ask me, would I come and investigate and, um, and just talk to them? Would, I, would we host a party there for them and have people investigate? And wow. the Palace Saloon has been very good about doing a fundraiser to support the U.S. vets here in Prescott, and we've done... Um, haunted tours there and uh, we'll do another one in spring but I know there's some other places I'd like to hit up and say you know would you be open to this and and make it a fundraiser for the local town okay places that are in the book yes you don't currently have any connection to other than what's in the book well I do know the people I just haven't come and say hey you want to let us come in and hunt for ghosts in your building (laughs) (laughs) which is what she did with me (laughs) okay well let's talk about that when when you when you went to Patty and said you just knock on the door and say hi I'm looking for ghosts do you have any here Um, (laughs) no I knew about the ghost in and some of them, some that we had read, and I was telling her about, we were doing the book, and I went around to various businesses to let them know we're doing this. Did they want to be in the book? I knew some of them had stories. Did they have stories they could share with us? And uh, and Patty's like, oh, yeah, we've got some. And Well, I, I actually only knew of one, and then our investigations actually ind- indicated that uh, Fleming, Fleming Parker actually is not... A spirit in the building, but he that we've met yet. That we've met yet. Yes. Okay. But um, yeah, he was the one that that was the most known for right. the Knights of Pythias. Okay. Well, we'll talk about that in a minute. Uh, but you you mentioned Parker, and there's a different Parker that right. I just want to acknowledge. Uh, Parker Anderson. Right. And if you tell everybody about him uh, a little bit and how he's, he's connected to he it, he was just fantastic. Yeah. He is a local historian. He's written quite a few books. Um, Wicked Prescott and the Elks Theater and the Appapai Cemeteries. Mm-hmm. And um, he took my tour one night, and I knew his name because I'd read articles, you know. Right. And after the tour, he said his publisher was doing a Haunted America division. And would I be interested in co-authoring a book with him? And I said, well, let me think about it. And the next day I called and said, yes, let's do it. And... Um, it was very, it was fun. It was fun. He's great to work with. He's very open. Um, but being a local historian and being a paranormal, there's two opposites because a local historian has documents right. of everything and they only, you know, believe in that. Right. Where me, it's like, um, my intuition says this is how it happened. <laughs> <laughs> and I think the only major thing that we disagreed on were the tunnels and um yeah we have that on mm-hmm. the list to talk about a little bit but uh, but parker is um he's very well known he does you know programs at the prescott center for the arts mm-hmm. he's had some ghostly experiences happen to him mm-hmm. while being there mm-hmm. he's also the current president of the uh yes. prescott area arts and humanities council so. yes okay. yeah yeah good for him yeah and for us. Um, yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it is. And uh, they've got a big book festival they've got coming up in November, which will be really good. And I'm speaking at that. Oh, very so. good. Excellent. So you sat down with Parker to write the book. Mm-hmm. And how did you start the process? Where did you, how did you just come up with the, the how you want to outline the book and f- then fill it in? What's the process? Well, we, were ma- we mainly stuck with the downtown area. Okay. And um, we set it up in categories as to bars and saloons and hotels and historical buildings. 
And then um, I had, of course, ghost stories, lots of them. He had a few, and uh, but he did a lot of the history as well. And because I talk about the history on my tour, we were pretty much like, okay, this is what I've heard, this is what I know, this is what locals have told me. Mm-hmm. And he would say, yes, that's true. And he'd say, would you want to go ahead and write that up? And so then we would just pass back and forth um, our thoughts and our stories and meet and go through them and edit some. And so okay. it worked out very well. He was, he was very easy to work with. Was there any was was there any structure to it as far as you know using the, the Charlotte Hall uh, archives or something like he that? He did use we did use a few pictures which we've credited Charlotte Hall. Mm-hmm. A lot of the pictures were from a, a friend on the Prescott Long Timers website or Facebook page, and Isabel shared some of the pictures in there. Some are a lot are pictures that I've taken, and um, so. He just knows so much stuff, you know? Yeah, he I've really done a couple does. of things with, with Parker. and he, right. he really has his thumb on what's going on around town, what has gone on, and, yes. and everything else. He is a great source for so yeah. many different things, and now he's even a source for ghost stuff, because I'm not <laughs> sure he was that big of a believer when we started the book, but he started sharing some stories, and I think it got him thinking back about different right. things that might have happened, and when you're at the... Prescott Center for the Arts, and you're in there by yourself, and somebody calls your name or something, and nobody else is around. It does make you think about who's doing that. Yeah. <laughs> so, how long did it take to write the book? Took us about a year from when we started, when sent was, it to when, the publisher, and got it back. Uh, last October is when it came out. Okay. So, a so year before that. Before that so. Yes. 2016, 2017? Yes. Okay. And so it came out last year, and um, again, very supportive businesses, and some of them sell our books, and right. um, and we're doing presentations again this year, book signings, so. Sounds like a lot of fun. It is. Yeah. It is a lot of fun. Oh, I'm glad. I glad love talking about ghosts. <laughs> <laughs> I'm talking to them. Talking oh, yeah. To them. Yeah. 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 And then, and do they ever talk back? Yes. In a way, it's like you can hear the conversation in your head, you know. Okay. So. No, I've never actually oh, okay. spoken to a ghost. So hang out with and, me, and you'll and you'll will. <laughs> I'm okay. I'm okay. You know. I'm, I'm, well, when, when you did the investigations at Tibbs, I mean, there were several different techniques. Yes. If you could talk about that. That'd be great. Yeah. Sure. Why don't we Why don't yeah. we jump into that? That is perfect. Yeah. Go yeah. ahead. And, and, well, uh, I've um, I've never used equipment. I've always relied on my intuition. Mm-hmm. And, but I started up a group called a paranormal group just to get like-minded people together. And so there was about 12 of us yeah, yeah. that went to Tiz Gallery. We met early on a Sunday morning. Right. And, and all of them have different types of equipment. We have the infrared cameras that they set up. We have... The K2 meter, which is fascinating. My son's got me one for Christmas. <laughs> okay. And but, explain the K2 meter to So the K2 awesome meter, yeah. <laughs> the K2 meter, and one of the things that you learn is you have to check for where all the electricity is coming out of the walls and everything because it's, you know, the equipment can be influenced. Even your cell phones can be influenced yeah. when you're recording or using them. And um, the K2 meter is very sensitive. But up on the mezzanine in Tiz yeah, Art Gallery. That's where our gallery is. It's, it's, it's yeah. great. It has bullet holes in the ceiling, original bullet holes in the ceiling. Really? I didn't know that. Yeah. yeah. You never yeah. told me that. Yeah. And um, so we were up there. We, we, uh, there was maybe six of us. And we weren't getting very many responses. And the K2 meter is just um, a meter kind of like this. Except it has a lot of colors across here. Mm-hmm. And it'll start at, I believe, yellow, and it works its way, or green, and it works its way to red. So when you get a response, a spirit can make that meter change colors. Okay. So we weren't getting very much response, and we just sat there and had the meter set up, and I just started talking about the Palace Saloon. And the next thing we know is the meter goes to red. 
And I thought, okay, so this is what they're relating to. And I asked them, did they ever go to the palace saloon? And it went off red. And I said, did you ever use the tunnels? And there was nothing. And then I said, I've been in the tunnels. I know they're there. And then the meter went off again. And then I asked, I said, were you, um, did you know someone there? Did you hang out there? Um, but, you know, you're in this building. Did you used to work here? And the meter goes off and indicates yes. And then um, I was asking different types of positions, and they were like a janitor or someone that cleaned the building, mm -hmm. and that they were Chinese. And so they would go over to we, the palace. We were not aware of, of this presence. Okay. And, and he's kind of shy. He is. It took a while for it you did. to it draw did. him out. Yeah. Not a poltergeist, yeah. then. <laughs> no. Okay. And I have to tell you, before we do tours and before we do investigations, I always say a prayer of protection. Okay. I mean, because a ghost is the same personality dead as they were alive. So if they're a prankster, or even if they're evil, then they will come through. But also, I've learned over the years that you can set your boundaries as what you allow in your space. And um, but it's nothing that you want to play with, you know. Right. You definitely yeah. want to. Imagine. Yeah, you definitely want to be respectful of the areas that you're in, and also of them, but also protective of yourself too. Okay. So yeah. when you when you walk into the building, are you more than not alone, or are you usually with a group of people doing a team? I never do an investigation by myself. Okay. Um, I always do one with a team, and it can be from three people up to 12. You don't really like to have a lot of people, and also the location makes a difference. The TIS mm -hmm. gallery is, I think, a better, better suited for a smaller group because right. you can hear each other, right. um, and, um, and we want to come back. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and we also have a new method that we've used. Okay. And it was um, headphones. You put headphones on, you plug them into a spirit box. A spirit box is round and it's, it makes a, like a white noise, so they're static. It's usually radio frequencies running backwards. And a spirit can talk through that and you can hear them. Now, if you don't have a spirit box to hear them, you always want to have a recording playing, you know, or recording it. Right. Because when you ask a question, you don't hear the spirit's response until you play it back. So you would say, you know, who's here in the room with us? And then you pause and let them have time to respond. And then you'll ask another question. You want to know the history of where you are and who possibly was there. So you ask intelligent questions. Right. And... Um, and try to make the questions simple so that it makes it easier for them to respond. Okay. And is this a, a one-night thing, a two-night thing? How long do these usually, these investigations? No, ours last? was... It was just a daytime. We did it in the morning in the before morning. they opened for business. I think we met at 9 and, and, and we concluded like at 12. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. we've done it twice. Um, but the more, you know, like now we know more about the TIS gallery, so now we want to go in and do it a different way. Right. So keep in mind, this is a three-story building. Yes. You know, you know, from the late 1800s. So there were there was different activity on every yes. floor. Yes, there was. Back in the back were the old staircases, and it's gorgeous. Yes. We got a cowboy, and on the recording, you can hear his spurs as he walks down the stairs. Oh, that's wild. It is. It is wild. <laughs> and then, and, and then, then, and then the, in the third floor banquet hall, you guys were using a... A technique with the magna lights. Yes. And yeah, if you could explain how that worked. So these was... are yeah magnet flashlights. Yeah, they're flashlights. Yeah. And um, Sandy uses those, and she has different colors, like a red flashlight, a blue one, and a silver one. And she will say to the spirit, you know, um, can you make the red flashlight? Can you make the red one light up? And um, you wait a little while, and then it lights up. And you'll say, can you turn it off? And it'll turn it off. 
And uh, so we were getting uh, Knights of Pythias people there. That's enough for me. <laughs> <laughs> you would leave, huh? Yeah, I'm done. Thank you very but much. You, but what was, what was fun, I mean, the Knights of Pythias had their meetings up there. So right. Yes. And that's, that's, that makes sense that their presence was there. But Sandy, I believe, was mentioning something because she couldn't get the spirits to stop playing with the lights. Yes, with the flashlights. <laughs> and she reached the conclusion that it must be a young, you know, a boy. Right. That, that he's found a toy. And yes. We were trying to take it away from him, so he kept playing with lights. the lights. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but they, ha they have worked very well, and, and Sandy is very good at it. And that's the other thing is when you're doing anything, you try different equipment and maybe it just you don't feel in tune with it. You've got to go with your intuition about what feels right for you when you're using something. Okay. And so that leads into the other one that was intriguing to me because we, we took a, a picture off of the stairwell wall and these were photographs that we actually acquired from the Charlotte Hall Museum of, of the Knights of Pythias and the, the history of the Tis building, which is Tis building now through time. And Darlene was uh, attracted to this one where it appeared to be a group of the Knights of Pythias. Mm -hmm. So we took it off the wall and you came downstairs. And maybe you can explain a little bit how that worked because that, that's, that was your intuition in motion. Right, yeah. And that fascinated me. Um, cool. But yeah, tell, tell them how that one worked. So it's, it's similar. Yeah, how yeah. That it's, it's one way of doing muscle testing. And um, muscle testing is a way that you work with your intuition and your body is giving you these answers. You're not giving them, you know, and you're not thinking really in your head. And one way of doing it is, um, I guess you'd call the swaying. Yeah. But she handed me the picture and so you're standing up and I'm looking at the picture and you, you just close your eyes and you ask a question, you know, are any of the spirits in this building, in this picture. And your body will either sway forward for yes or backwards for no. And sometimes you're not aware what direction you're going in, so there's someone there that's saying, right. and it swayed yes. Yes. So then I said, are you on this side of the picture? And I think we got a no, and we got a no for this side, but then we got the center. The center, yeah. And it was a young person. and. So the questioning and everything, we realized that he was a, not necessarily a shop owner, but he worked in the store that was there on the first floor. Okay. Which might have been Sullivan's Shoes and Sundries. Yeah, yeah. And that the reason that. he became a part of the Knights of Pythias is because he heard all the gossip in town. Okay. <laughs> because he was, he was You're in the club. <laughs> Yeah. What are you saying? That the guys gossip just like everybody else? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Don't let them tell you differently. Okay. Yes. <laughs> I'm shocked. Shocked. But they would be in the stores looking at things and they'd be talking, you know, gossiping and right. everything. And they would not pay attention to him and he would have all these stories to tell the men upstairs. <laughs> and that's why he was very popular with the group. Neat. Neat. Yeah. So were there any individuals that you're able to identify specifically in this, or is it just general? It's mostly general, and um, I know that she was really thinking that Fleming Parker, who was, um, he was hung in the courthouse plaza in 1898. He escaped from the jail and killed the assistant district attorney. Yeah, the story goes that... Um I guess it was, um, I can't remember the exact date, but he and, and an accomplice had um, robbed the Peach Springs train up north, and they were on the run. And uh, there was a Coconino sheriff and some Navajo trackers that caught up to them, and they brought them to Prescott because this was the territorial seat. Right. And, during the course of, well, they were incarcerated in, in the jail, but they, uh, Fleming broke out. And when he broke out, he shot mortally wounded Lee Norris, who was the deputy district attorney, yes. I believe, and his office was on the second floor of the Tis, of the Tis building. Yeah. 
Um, but that's not the reason why we were, well, we found out later that it was, it was quite possible that that was not the reason why we thought he might be haunting the building. Um, but in the course of his breakout, this is the other part of the story that I learned, he, he actually stole Sheriff Ruffner's horse. And Sure Shot was this beautiful white horse. And he was heading south. He, he, while he was on the run, he changed the, um, the shoes on the horse to throw off trackers. Um, but that wasn't such a good idea because Sure Shot ended up becoming lame. And they actually, when they caught up to him, um, they had to put Sure Shot down. And Churchot, by the way, is buried on the grounds of where the Arizona Biltmore is now, down in Phoenix area. But anyway, they brought Fleming Parker back, and um, De Herden was another attorney who was on the second floor. Who they and, think built that building. Yeah, yeah, because he goes way back. Right. Um, but he was the one that expedited Fleming's execution. And that's the reason why we think that there's a presence there because, yeah. And also because your elevator opens. Yeah, it likes to do that. And there was an attorney that worked in there. And he would come in the back door and the elevator would open and he'd say, no, thank you, I'm taking the stairs today. And then the elevator door shuts and he'd walk up the stairs. And then this is I go up the stairs too. This is second. This is second floor activity. And, yeah. when, and when he was there, the you know the faucets in the kitchen would turn on by themselves. You know, no one else would be in the building. And, Water pressure. Yeah, yeah. It probably wasn't. <laughs> but some of his staff would say, you know, they were, a, they you know they'd have their papers moved across the table, and years before that, there was an attorney in there, and he couldn't get his staff to stay late. And so he right, right. brought in a priest to do a, um, what? A cleansing? Yeah, <laughs> cleansing. a cleansing and yeah, a blessing of the building. Yeah. And, um, and, then, the and then everything settled down, and it was fine. And then the building set empty, and you, you all got the building. Yeah, through the through. course of time, there were different owners, but when, when um, the... His foundation got a hold of it. Um, that was when we were able to uh, restore it. Um, and that stirs up the ghost. We, we, we right. got it. It was there were pigeons in the rafters on the third floor. Yeah. It was. It was. It was. Yeah. It was. A, and I have to tell you, the third floor is stunning. Have you been up there? Yes. Yes. Many times. Um, I just fell in love with that floor. Yeah. When we were up there, and. One of the things that fascinated me was by the windows are these blonde wood blocks that look like a brick. And there's one at the bottom and the middle and the top. That's and real. so I asked... Yeah, well, I, got, I asked you to take note of them. Yeah. To try and get you to tell me what you thought they were. But, I mean, the windows are very, very tall. And so periodically there's these wooden blocks instead of the bricks. And uh, they're actually called gringo blocks. And that's what anchors the, the, the frame windows. of the window because it's all brick. Okay. So the wood had to be put in there in order to anchor the frame of the windows. Yeah, I just thought that was fascinating. Yeah, yeah it's different. And why would they call them gringo blocks? Well, yes. you know, the, the, uh, the bricks that, that were made you know, the master masons were the guys from Mexico. Right. Yeah. <laughs> They're the ones that... So they were probably kind of poking fun. Well, let's throw a gringo block in there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But they're still there, and that's what's so amazing. Yeah, yeah. I, I just, I love that building. Okay, well, why don't we uh, talk about some of the other places around sure. town that you've had experiences with. <laughs> <laughs> You're good at that. <laughs> Well, one of them is the Hotel Vendome. Mm -hmm. I used to help out the previous managers there. And one of the cat, the cat is a ghost there, Noble. And Abby, she's the famous ghost there. Mm -hmm. um, but I also found out that in that hotel, it doesn't really matter what room you stay in. 
they're, they're going to run into the ghost. Run into the ghost? Mm-hmm. But there are people that stay there that have no idea it's haunted and nothing happens to them. But then you get a lot of people that want room 16, which is Abby's room. And, and who is Abby? So Abby is the famous ghost there. The story is that she was very ill. Her husband went out to get her medicine and didn't come back. So she locked her cat in the closet and locked herself in her room, and they both starved to death. Yeah. Ow. Yeah. Meow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Meow. Yes. Oh, yeah. So one night I was in the office working late, and I have a cat at home, so I didn't think anything of it, but this cat brushed against my leg and meowed, and when I looked down, there's nobody there. Right. So I just said, okay, no, well, what do you want? Um, we also had a guest that was staying in Abby's room. She'd been there a week. She wanted something to happen so badly. And I said, well, I'll give you a saucer of milk. We'll put it down and we'll just see if something happens. And so the next morning she comes running downstairs. She's so excited. She said that she woke up at 2.30 in the morning to this cat needing her shoulder. And I said, well, we aim to please. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm checking out. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, we, we get people yeah, that... Steve is like, I'm checking out now. <laughs> <laughs> we did have a shaman that checked out. Oh, really? He checked in and he checked out. He just <laughs> said, <laughs> he went up to his room and he just said, he came back down 10 minutes later and he said, I'm sorry, I can't stay here. There's too many spirits. Mm. Wow. So, yeah. And they... You know, think of it differently than we do. But right. but we've had we've done investigations in there. We've had a lot of different names and people that introduce themselves. And one night we said, you know, who's here in the room with us? And we heard somebody say, my name's Willie. Another one said Fred. And then somebody said, shh, don't tell them your names. <laughs> <laughs> wow. But one of the pictures I sent that, is now not here, is a um, picture of the ghost cat chasing a ghost mouse. You saw it. I saw it, yeah. 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 And uh, somebody on my tour got that picture. So I tell people when you take pictures, you want to have your flash on, and you want to take three pictures, because if it's a reflection, it'll show up in all three pictures. But if it's a ghost, it's only going to show up mm-hmm. in one. Right. And I've got pictures of her first one, and then this was her middle one of us standing in the hall. And the second one, you can see two objects in the hallway, and her husband enlarged them and sent them in, and you can see the ghost cat and the chasing a ghost mouse. mouse. Right. Yeah. Well, that, that's interesting. I, I didn't realize that because that explains the one that I sent you from Tracy yes. at Blushing Cactus, where she was doing uh, photography at the theater for uh, a band, and she has a shot of the drummer, and if you look past the drummer, and if you're facing it, it would be on the left side of the drummer. And the drummer is very expressive in the photo and looking straight ahead and where the crowd would be. And behind this person to the left is, this, is the clear silhouette of a female form. And it's, it's, it's clearly it's there. It's clearly idea. there. And I'm, I'm heartbroken that we don't have it, but we'll try to get it later. Um, and you know you can see the the outline where her hair is brushed away from her her head and the, the, her features on her face and she has some sort of clothing on and it, it's very 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 she's very 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 clearly there and but when Tracy was taking the shots uh, this was the only shot that it showed up in the previous shots had nothing. The after shots had nothing. She was shooting fast. She was like, shooting yeah. fast, yeah. just doing yeah. lots of shots. Yeah. This is the only one mm-hmm. it happened to appear in. So that explains that. That was right. fascinating. And you know, we'll try to get that online as soon as we can. Um, as soon as the ghost stop mucking with the email. Yeah. You know? um, well, one of the things I want to say is uh, about orbs. And you get orbs in pictures. And orbs can be very controversial because it could be dust particles, it could be if you're outside, it could be the wind or the temperature or the weather. And, um, and walking around, you're stirring up dust. And mm-hmm. So you want to pay attention to your environment and what is going on around you. And some of the pictures that we don't have... Um, <laughs> Seems to be a theme. Are two very large orbs that I took in the lobby, 
of the Hotel Vendome. Okay. And one of the ghosts that's in there is a cowboy. And there was a very intuitive woman who lives in Flagstaff. I asked her what she thought of these boards and had she been to the Vendome and she said, you know, I haven't been to Prescott. She looks at them and she said, oh, well, this one's a cowboy and he's like a security guard or something. And she's the fourth person to associate activity that we had in the hotel with a cowboy. Hmm. Totally different sources that not, did not know the story. Wow. Wow. So that's one of the other ghosts in there. Okay. What about, the, you also mentioned the Hacienda as a feature. Yes. So the Hacienda, again, is, has been so wonderful in opening and supporting um, my tours. And we go into the lobby of the Hacienda. Up at the front where the two pianos are there in the lobby, it's a round table and four chairs. And one night we were, I had a paranormal group from Phoenix doing the tour and they were filming it. And I sat down in the, at that table. Mm -hmm. The lead investigator, Barry, was across the room and I said, Barry, you might want to take a picture. There's somebody behind me. And he took three pictures. And in one picture, there was what we call, we call him the night watchman. And he was standing back in the corner. And he sits at that table. The story is that people who close the dining room late at night will come up the stairs and sometimes they'll see a man sitting there and they'll say, oh, sir, I'm sorry, let me turn the lights on for you. And they go to turn the lights on and nobody's there. Nobody's there. Yeah. So. Yeah. Time to find a new job. <laughs> but, they, but there's a ghost of a little Chinese boy. He's shown up and um, there's quite a few that are there as wow. well. Okay. I'd be remiss if I didn't ask about the theater. So, the Elks Theater. The Elks Theater, yes. yes. Um, now, those are just some examples of the stories that are in the book, and they're, they're really wild. So I really, really recommend that it's a good read, it's historical, and it's a lot of fun, actually, because, you know, you live here. You might as well find out something about what's actually going on. You here. get the history. You get the history yeah. of it all. Yes, as um, well. No, definitely. So anyways, back to the Elks Theater. Okay. Um, tell, tell us a little bit about the Elks Theater, because I've been told, uh, being an employee there, that there's some pretty crazy stuff that goes on in that place. So, yeah. yeah. So the women's, the women's restroom, restroom, the women's yeah. restroom, the middle stall. Mm -hmm. You don't really want to go in there, especially by yourself, because somebody will try to open the door, and they're kind of banging on the door, and you don't see any feet, and you don't see any shadows or anything on the other side. <laughs> Another one is, um, he's known as the professor, and he played the violin years ago when it was silent movies. Right. And he would... Um, he left there one night with a fellow musician and walked down to his home. His wife was nagging him over and over and over, and he just very calmly gets up and walks to the other room and gets a gun and kills himself. So every time after a performance at the Elks Theater, you the cleaning crew will hear violin music playing. So I had a lady on my tour one night who worked there, and... I asked her, I said, have you heard the violin music? And she said, no. She said, but we outsource our janitorial service and we get a lot of them that won't come back. Really? <laughs> <laughs> well, for, just for the, the nagging husband. Yes. <laughs> there is, divorce is easier. Yeah. <laughs> I know I get a lot of people on the tour that say, wow, I shot her. <laughs> wow. So, yeah. so what's the strangest thing that you learned about all of all the stories, the weirdest, oddest, in your own opinion, obviously? Yeah. Well, um, I would say the most haunted and the most active that I'm aware of is the Palace Saloon. Okay. Because it's the oldest saloon in Arizona. Um, I end my tours there, but we've done several events there. We've done investigations down in the basement, and um, last Halloween, we were doing an event, and a friend was recording on her phone, and Sandy was giving her demonstration about the flashlights, and all of a sudden in there, you hear this voice that says, I kill you, and all this conversation is going on around, and then further down the recording, you hear a woman's voice 
that says something not very nice to him. So there, <laughs> these two ghosts are having this conversation back and forth, wow. and there's this rooms like there's fifty people in there. Wow! So and they that you recorded that. Yes. Wow. <clears throat> and and we've had to be heard later. Yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah. It's on my Facebook page, so you know it's there. And um, we've had um, well they constantly has something going. They had a group of teachers in there having lunch. And they were sitting at the round table underneath the big white uh, poster of Junior Bonner. Mm -hmm. And Ray was serving him. He comes out. He said, your food's ready. I'm going to go get it. He goes back in the kitchen, and then he hears all this screaming. And he comes out, and they've all jumped up, and they're running up to the front of the, of the saloon. And he's like, what's wrong? What's going on? And they said, well, the condiments in that buffet came flying out and hitting us. And he goes around the corner and looks, and the condiments are laying all over the table and the floor. So he boxed up their food, and he gave it to them. And they wrote Dave, the previous owner, and said, wow, it's the best food we've ever had, and we'll never come back. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. Sorry about that. <laughs> uh, we're having trouble with our servers. So. <laughs> So the book also talks a little bit about the uh, local ceremony, uh, cemeteries in the right. area. And just if you touch upon those a little bit. So Parker wrote that piece okay. because he has written a book about the cemeteries. But the Citizen Cemetery is our oldest cemetery. And um, I know that they used to do reenactments there in October. I don't know if that's still going to happen. But it was, it was a wonderful thing to do because it really puts the people in touch with who was here and how this city became what it was right. and what these people went through because some of the stories are very tragic. And um, so, you know, the there are quite a few cemeteries, but that one is very much worth a visit. Yeah. Are you, do you know any of the particulars on who famous individuals that might be well, planted James there? Well, James Parker. Parker. Yeah. <laughs> He's buried there. He does have his headstone now. Yeah, it was... Um, a practice at the time to uh, bury, you know, people like uh, James Fleming Parker, who was a criminal, and um, people who were very poor in, in, in the area of the cemetery is known as the Potter's Field. Right. Um, and also depending on their crime, on whether they got a headstone or not. Right, right. Um, Fleming did not get a headstone, but let's bring up uh, Parker Anderson, yeah. who... Uh, who he, the two of you two we need to have, have yeah. such a connection with James Fleming Parker. I kept looking, you know, for an area in the Potter's Field, you know, during the uh, Day of the Dead ceremony that, that uh, they do at the Smokeye Museum every year. Um, there's a procession that actually goes from the museum, and we bring flowers to, to uh, the graves in the uh, Citizen Cemetery. And... Two years ago, I was just beside myself because I found Fleming Parker's stone, stone. and that was placed there by uh, Parker, Anderson. Parker Anderson. Really? Okay. He's, so. uh, he has also felt a connection yeah. to him, and he's written a lot about him, and um, he used his money to, he wanted him to have a headstone. What was it you were saying, too, um, about another story? Who? Was it Billy the Kid? Oh yeah. So where that's where you wouldn't. I mean, where people were buried, sometimes a headstone wouldn't be there, out of fear that somebody would want to exhume the. Well, body. he was dug up once. Yeah. So they won't put a headstone there, yeah. and he's yeah. up at the Pioneers Home Cemetery, which um, Big Nose Kate, right. Doc Holliday's on again, off again girlfriend, girlfriend. is buried. Yeah. 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 She died here in Prescott and died a week before her 90th birthday, which is amazing because back then, travel alone was, you right. know, difficult. Yeah. You didn't normally, it was a rare person that right. was a ripe yeah. old age. You know, and but, she said, in her memoir, she said uh, she was proud of who she was because she was an independent woman and that she could outshoot, outspit, and outgamble anybody. <laughs> <laughs> Good for her. Then. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> excellent, excellent. Okay, well, um, why don't we tell the listening audience 
uh, how they can get a hold of your book, uh, any upcoming events that you have going on, and, and uh, what's the future hold? Well, the book, Haunted Prescott, you can purchase it on my website. You can get it on Amazon. Uh, Peregrine Bookstore yeah. has it. Sorry to Costco, too. Does Costco have it? I saw it at Costco the other, uh, a couple weeks ago. Good. Yeah. And um, the, the Palace Saloon sells it. The Hotel Vendome sells it. So, um, and then, like I said, we're going to be doing presentations at the Prescott Library and the Prescott Valley Library and at Peregrine again. And do you have dates on those, times and dates? Um, no, but I'll put them on the Facebook or on my website Okay, as the well. Facebook page is, uh, what's the Is Ghost of Prescott's. Ghost of Prescott's? Mm -hmm. Ghost of Prescott. And the website? Is a Haunting Experience Tours or Haunted Prescott. Okay, and if people want to get in touch with you, they can go to either Facebook or yeah. the website. Right. And I've got my number. Um, typically, I do the tours Friday, Saturday, Sunday nights, but in the month of October, I do them almost every night. And I find that people get groups together and do the tours and it's actually a lot more fun because you know you know everybody and right. you're having a good time so right. yeah excellent and you mentioned earlier that you're doing something special at the Elks Theater uh, yes. during the month of October in the month of October on Wednesdays before their special October movies we'll be doing book signings and selling books there as well so it'll probably be there from 6 to 7 I believe okay and it will be just the Haunted Prescott, yes. or will it be Prescott, or will it be the... Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Come on, Stephen. <laughs> it's the accent from yeah. the town. just kicks out of you once in a while. <laughs> Take the Northeast out of you. Yeah. <laughs> Most of it is gone, so yeah. thankfully. But, uh, okay, so very good. And are the, what time do the tours start right now? Right now they start at 7, but because it's getting darker earlier, right. uh, in the winter time I usually start them around 5.30. And where do you meet? We um, meet at the Hotel Vendome. Um, reservations are required so they can always call. Okay. And like I said, they start, it's usually a two hours. It's a walking tour. Sometimes it goes three hours. It depends on the group right. and pictures and questions. And, and a lot of people get more into the paranormal and the psychic end of it and have a lot of questions about that so I do energy clearings in homes and businesses and so they are kind of fascinated with that right so. yeah I've had uh, a couple of the instructors at the uh, Elks Performing Arts Center ask me if we would do a cleansing yes and have somebody come in with the sage and you know it we I know just the person. Yeah. <laughs> I do now. <laughs> well, I've done several realtors for realtors that have had problems selling their home uh, or a home. Right. And uh, I'll go through and do an energy clearing, and in two weeks, they'll have several offers. I just did a veterinary clinic, and that was probably the most emotional and most wonderful thing I've ever done. I've done them for several businesses. It really, um, I tell them, I said, now when I do a clearing, you've got to get ready because your business is going to double. And, and it does. But it's, it's our intuition that's saying, uh, I don't want to go in there. Or I don't want to look at that. And they don't know why. Right. But you do a clearing and that's all gone. Well, I know. It is fascinating. fascinating. It blows me away, and I've been doing them for years. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. That's an amazing story. And, you know, it's fascinating to learn about, you know, what actually goes on in this town or has gone on in this town and who we are <laughs> and our history here. Yes. It's wonderful. It's yeah. wonderful, you know. It's, I, and that's one thing that it makes me very proud to do the tours because of what they've done in this town, that they are proud of their history. And people remark about that all the time. They say, you know, towns are so quick to tear something down that mm -hmm. they aren't preserving the history. And that's one of the things they love about Prescott. Our building almost went down right. in, yeah. in the 1970s. They actually had dynamite in the walls, and yeah. the citizens got together and said, no. Yeah, well, they did that so with the, the theater. theater. Yeah. They were going to knock that puppy down. And Elizabeth yeah. Ruffner said, yeah. now let me do a fundraiser. Yeah. Yep. And I think because of her, what a remarkable woman, a lot of these places are still standing. Right. Well, it set the tone for the preservation of the area. Right. Yeah. So yeah. that 
people look at it differently. It's not just a place where they can put a parking lot or a contemporary right. building or something like that. It's, it's, it's a place that has more intrinsic value now. So that's uh, fantastic. Thank that's, you so much. Yeah, for, thank you. For thank you for having me. As well. yeah. Yeah. Um, I'd like to move on and talk about, as we usually do uh, at the end of the show, the what's coming up at the Elks Theater and Performing Arts Center. Um, we are right now, it is uh, the 27th of September, if you can believe it, uh, just a hatefully, just a few months left of Christmas. Oh, um, oh. And um, 9.27, which is today, we actually have um, two events going on at the Elks Theater and Performing Arts Center. In the theater itself, it is Piano Man Generations, which is a tribute to Billy Joel and Elton John, and basically they have, uh, they're both on the stage playing piano at each other, uh, so to speak. Right. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's, it is a sold-out show, so I'm sorry, but if you haven't got your tickets already, it's too late now. I mean, you can come down at, uh, at opening time when the, when the theater opens at 6 and see if there's anything available, but uh, it's been sold out for a little while. Um, and tonight, um, and you know, I left this off my list. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. I was wondering where the other thing was. Hang on. Hang on, everybody. <laughs> Let me use my technology here and uh, go look Hopefully that the up. the ghost haven't gotten The ghost got a hold of it. It must have erased it from the... Uh, uh, I got that Because you said two things. Yeah, I got two things. Oh, go figure. Anyways. Um... Let me go through, and I will go through the rest of it, and then come back and get it later. Uh, on 928 uh, at the theater, uh, Dream Lover, and would you mind looking up the Elks Theater for me? Well, I pull that up and then just figure out who the heck is playing tonight. <laughs> uh, anyways, uh, Dream Lover, tribute to Dobby, Bobby Darren, and there still are a few tickets Love available Bobby for that Darren. one. Wonderful show, been there a number of times before. Uh, as we move into October, uh, in the theater, there are it's, it's event after event after event after event. It's a packed month with great shows, comedy, um, movies, and at the theater uh, on 10-5, the um, local group, Mile High Comedy Theater, is going to be doing a night of improv at the theater. And if you're at the last show they did here a couple of months ago, it's a hoot. I went to one of those that they did in the Performing Arts Center. I tell you, I hadn't laughed that hard in, in a million years. It was a great show. Uh, on the 12th of October, uh, we have uh, Aretha. Uh, Long Live the Queen. It's a tribute to Aretha Franklin, and if you're a fan of Aretha Franklin, it should be a great show. On 1018, a new group we've never had before. It is a Dixie Chicks tribute, and they'll be playing some of the best hits from the Dixie Chicks. Uh, on 920, in conjunction with the Folk Sessions, Tom Agostino and the Folk Sessions, we have uh, the star, uh, recording star, Maria Muldaur coming uh, to the theater and she'll be there for one show on the 20th and tickets are available on the website and uh, Maria has been um, very busy since uh, she was mostly known, um, oh thank you, uh, mostly known to the uh, public for her biggest hit, um, Midnight at the Oasis. But she's gone on to be a multiple Grammy um, uh, star, uh, artist who has uh, had a number of uh, Grammy-nominated recordings for uh, blues and rhythm and blues and is, is supposedly really, really, really come along in a lot of different directions and should be a great show. Um, after her, uh, on 1025, uh, The Who. Uh, experience and that is the who Roger Daltrey and team uh, not the real ones uh, they're not doing that anymore that I'm aware of but uh, these guys that look and sound like them uh, doing the show um, then on 1026 we have the Rocky Horror, Rocky Horror Picture Show Shadow Cast Movie and that's on 1026 so we'll be playing the movie and then on the floor in front of the theater, we have live actors acting out the in pantomime. Okay, I was wondering about the shadow. Yeah, yeah. so that it, sounds like fun. It should be cool. a lot of fun. And yeah. uh, 
So we'll see how that goes. So October movies at the theater. These are every Wednesday, 7 o'clock. Uh, we're going to scare the bejeebers out of you uh, during the month of October, uh, starting with uh, Alfred Hitchcock's classic, The Birds. And uh, if you've never seen that That's on the, the big original. screen, yeah. you really need to take a look at that. It's fantastic. Um, and uh, and just, just something I read about that um, in the scene in the attic, where Tippi Hendren is up in the attic and she's, she can't get the door open and the birds are at her. She did not know that there were supposed to be fake birds that were being heaved at her. Alfred Hitchcock swapped them out for real birds. Oh. And so those are real birds I didn't know flying that. around her, you know, you know, and she had no idea. So she was really scared. So those, <laughs> those screams were real. Those screams were real. <laughs> at least that's what I read, so, you know. Um, and then after that, on the 9th, uh, Harry Potter, Chamber of Secrets will be on. Um, then, great movie, seen it a couple of times, Ooh, oh. <laughs> The Conjuring. You know, just a, a good, scary one. Um, after that, Beetlejuice on the 23rd, and Hocus Pocus rounds out the month on the 30th. Um, and then we switch to the Performing Arts Center on the third floor of uh, the Performing Arts Center in the Crystal Hall. We have a number of different shows going on. We have on 10-2, this is a free show, uh, open to the public. It is the Artist Studio Tour Gala and Reception. I just want to give them a quick plug. Uh, if you like to go on the Artist Studio Tour, this is an opportunity to meet the artists ahead of time, see some of their art real close up and, and find out what it is all about, plan out your event, and they'll be having some refreshments and some music. Because we have eight of our artists that are participating um, in the studio tour in the Tizanex building. So um, I believe there's going to be about four of the artists who are participating they are going to be at this gala. Nice. But I'd like to invite everyone to come to the Tiz Annex building as part of that tour because um, you can actually visit eight people in one place. Nice. Yeah. yeah. Should be should be a really fun time. And I remember last year um, that there was hundreds of people that showed Hundred, up. Yeah, they were lot. packed yeah. uh, when they came in. It was amazing. Um, so anyways... Elks Theater and Performing Arts Center. You guys gave me a different Elks Theater. <laughs> oh. <laughs> or something else. Oh, okay, uh -oh. so after that... Um, was it a good one? It was a uh, movie theater. It was an Elks Theater. They were doing movies only. That sounded good. That was the Lion's King. Sounded like a... Yeah, yeah, yeah Lion's, Lion's King, King was playing, but uh, <laughs> I think it's in Illinois or something. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, so anyways, uh, after that on 10-3... Uh, we have Mid-Century Modern Night, uh, and that is a uh, jazz band, uh, and it is uh, Mingus Mountain Bottet. There is a pre, it's a pre-Halloween costume, costume, and we'll be having prizes. Uh, the Hawk and Hound Catering has come up with some great food uh, that they'll be selling there. There'll be an open bar, and hopefully you'll love it. Uh, so it's only $7 at the door, and... You can come in, and there's no reserved seats or anything like that, and you can just kind of pop in, stay, get all some food, up. all dressed up, or not dressed up as you see fit. It's yeah. perfectly all right. No one will say anything, um, but maybe you'll win a prize if you do. Uh, on 1010, this has just been signed up. And I don't have a lot of information on it yet. It's actually sitting in my computer at, at the office. And when I get back to the office, I'll be posting that up online. This is in, in conjunction with um, the Five Ences and uh, John Duncan. At the, um, on the website, information's on the website. Uh, after that, uh, on 1016, uh, we have a new thing that we're doing up there. It's an open mic night. Uh, for prose reading. So if you are a local author and you want to, you know, read some story and, you know, kind of get up in front of the crowd and speak a little bit about what it is you do and read some prose or a story about, short story, 
this is the place to be. And uh, there's information on it. And it's like $5 to get in. It just goes to defray, you know, some of the costs of uh, being there and doing it. And then on 1018, uh, we have uh, Prescott Night Out, uh, Comedy Night 2. And Comedy Night 1 was a complete sellout. Uh, it was about a month ago. And this is Comedy Night 2, where Prescott Night Out, uh, San Martin Rodriguez is bringing in a number of different comedians to play and make you chuckle. It is uh, 18 or above only, so it does get a little risque. And the uh, show tonight is uh, Emily Scott Robinson, uh, and that's in the Elks Ballroom, and I don't know, I mean, I've only been looking at it for three months, and I just drew a blank on it. Uh, so tickets are still on sale. As of this morning, there were a couple of dozen seats left. Uh, and that's about it. And once uh, once those couple go, then it's sold out completely. So I expect it, it will sell out completely. And Emily Scott Robinson is considered one of the up-and-coming country music stars. Uh, so there's an opportunity to see say that you saw her when, uh, right. before yeah, she nice. became international and, and went on national tours and places like that. So uh, that's some of what's going on and of course we have all the usual things going on on the second floor the dance and music and and everything else going on at the performing arts center uh, and that's about it for this month so i'd like to thank our guests patty ortiz and darlene wilson and uh, next month we will be back at the fourth friday and it's yeah. art walk night art walk night yes nice. yes yes and don't forget Wednesdays during October at the theater, you can get a signed copy of the book, right. an autographed copy. And uh, if you have any other questions, go to the website, uh, elkstheater.com or the Prescott, uh, Prescott Elks Theater uh, on the Facebook page. All right. Thank you so much for listening. It's been a pleasure. And we'll see you next month. <laughs>